Previously on Critically Stupid. Hi, welcome to Critically Stupid. My name is Gareth and I'm your host this evening, slash morning, slash whenever you happen to be listening to this fine show. It is my duty and responsibility to refresh everybody's memory as to what happened last week. Now, if you'll throw yourselves back to a lovely windmill that we arrived at with a key to said windmill. We found the key in the graveyard and we had heard the name Gnome Kibbins attached to it. Now, once we had arrived at the windmill, um, I had a little bit of quick thinking on my part and I presented myself as the drug dealer to Jump Rope and TP, the inhabitants of the first floor of the windmill. And eventually in the conversation, we drop the name Gnome Kibbins in and we get introduced to Keonbro, who is played by Jenna of the Fantastic Trope. Um, now, Keonbro warned us that Gnome Kibbins isn't really in the best headspace at the moment. Uh, he's kind of like having a little golem episode. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we're the best, so we didn't really care. Uh, we barge upstairs, and um, Gnome is huddled in the corner, rocking back and forth to himself, surrounded by shards of broken mirror. You know, me being the friendly, charismatic man that I am, I go to break the ice, and I step forward with some friendly words, and he fucking jumps me. He tackles me down back through the, or down the stairs we just came up, hands around my throat, I smashed through a glass table, which was unpleasant. Luckily, I left my knife outside, so I left the situation. Unfortunately, my knife had been picked up by a bird, so I teleported on top of a tree. But I lived, so that's fine. While I had, uh, was taking my brief leave of absence, uh, Arnold managed to... F- uh, she, he saw a, an apparition of sorts of a woman who was uh, possessing, possessing Gnome. Turns out Gnome had a nasty little, little habit of uh, grave robbing and decided to keep a little something-something for himself. And that something-something happened to be a cursed ring, which, you know, happens to the best of us. Um, the man that Gnome was grave robbing with, his name was Lasser, and um, he works at Dandy Mops. And I'm pretty sure uh, she mentioned something about an army, but I'm equally sure that that was just hyperbole, so no worries there. I swear to God, if there is anything wrong with this recording, I'm going to kick the shit out of you, dude. Uh, Gary, can you turn on your, your ambient light behind you so that we get a little bit more backlight? Can you gargle my ball sack? <laughs> We're recording now, at least. Oh, yeah. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to your favorite Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast, Critically Stupid. (laughs) The most watched and last watched. Oh, hey, here we go. Straight to the theme song, and we're out.
What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another fabulous episode of Critically Stupid, your Dungeons & Dragons real play comedy podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Alexander James. My favorite part of last week's episode was when Arnold Stevelson picked up a broken piece of mirror and cocked it over the stairs to catch a glimpse of what was possessing Gnome Kibbins. I thought that was inspired. I think my man Anthony has uh, done some paranormal research in his spare time. Uh, speaking of, Anthony, why don't you go next? I'm Anthony. I play Arnold the Bard. And my favorite part of the last episode was when I forgot how floors work. And I tried to look <laughs> downstairs and I could not see through the floor. And I failed epically. And I, I like just Alex's face when he's like, you want to do that with mage hands? And I was like, oh, I'm just not understanding <laughs> how the world works. That was on. That's on me. You know? So, but yeah, just just that, that bit of embarrassment was probably one of my favorite. And, well, it's like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to steal it, but like, honestly, my true favorite part was when uh, Gary and teleported outside and then came back as his twin brother. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> like, that nothing was pretty me, good. Yeah, nothing made me laugh like that. Like, that was perfect. Um, so That's speaking of like, yeah, Gary. Uh, hello, my name is Dithadrius, Destroyer of Worlds, and I play Gareth the Rogue. Um, my favorite part of last episode was when just how quickly and easily jump rope believed that i was selling them drugs <laughs> hey listen sometimes sometimes intelligence is a dump stat you know what i mean my man jump rope had a lot of great qualities but like he didn't, didn't even he... ask he didn't even ask to like see any he was just like really oh shit i mean I was I he already high because uh, then his certainly. judgment would have been like probably quite impaired mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, it's my turn, isn't it? Um, hi, my name is Diana. I play Mel. I have my little wolf pup, Joshua Patrick, Josh Pat JPZ. My favorite part of last episode, this is going to be real hard for me, bestie. I am. Because of your memory, right? Because you don't remember very yes, well. Yes, my memory is horrible. I am, that's 100% why. Um, This was more of an above table moment that was my favorite. But when you asked me if I ever did a Hippocratic Oath because my brain just went right into doing a full-on fucking assessment on somebody. Oh my god, that was so I didn't great. even know I was doing it until you were like, um... Well, because like you? you started you started so in character, you were like, oh wow, like what happened? And then Jenna as Kiambra, our amazing guest from last week, was like, oh, this thing happened. And you were like, uh-huh. So tell me about anything stressful at work, any environmental. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? We're gonna jump right in to uh to our opening scene diana bestie i would like you to pitch me a fantasy i'm going to preface this by saying what's going on dear listener thank you for sticking with us at least four minutes in it's really big of you uh this is a comedy show where we are legal consenting adults all four of us don't ask questions that being said diana bestie can you pitch me a fantasy drug factory please a whole ass factory there's, a whole ass now, like you a, get to you get to decide the extent to i mean are we talking like a full-on operation or is it sort of like a rickety mom and pop shop it's a full-on operation it's kind of yeah. own and you know how like mafia type deal they have like a front so so they they have a front oh, business it's, it's a mattress warehouse like, yeah obviously <laughs> and and but there's only actually like four mattresses in there okay. <laughs> um because they're the mafia and so they're obviously paying people off so they're they're not even really trying that hard and then like in the back you can probably even see it through like a big it's fucking open, window it's like an open get... kitchen yeah, yeah it's like an open floor plan you know it's, it's just, someone's house 
yeah 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 and then like out back in the garden obviously is all the fantasy weed which whether that's illegal or not that's obviously in the legislation um but but you know within this lovely open floor plan you've got all your little oompa loompa workers just getting those well well, now that you I mean, said that, I'm imagining the room with the beds to be like Grandpa Joe and like the old people, like the poor beds. The old people in the chocolate factory. Okay, all right, let's say this. All right, so we're going to we're yeah. gonna open in an, a where, like an honest-to-God warehouse in the trade ward of Waterdeep. We're uh, looking in through a barred door, a barred window. We see six beds with with. 12 elderly people sharing beds and like they've got like burlap sacks pulled over their their chest and they're like you know drinking like tea they got that old the old person like sleeping cap on that like conical thing with the ball um, they all have one blanket over them behind like six feet behind these mattresses is a full-on like people in their underwear drug cutting operation they've got heat lamps they've got scales um Garion, I would love for you to tell me who is running this drug operation. Who is behind the front? Oh, uh, Balter Bite. Now, yeah. now, now, Garion, my beautiful boy, we love to flirt with copyright law, and I know that's a that's a part of our shtick, but I think that one's a little thin to the quick, don't you? Uh, he used to be an alchemy teacher at uh-huh. at. Uh... <laughs> Fuck, where do we live again? Waterdeep. Water at Waterdeep High. Uh-huh. But he got, hey, oh, I see what you did there. He got diagnosed with the plague. And so <laughs> he started going into the fantasy drug business to make money to put his son through wizarding school. And he There's met no his, fantasy uh, health insurance. He met his well, partner, it's... Jesse Pinkman. It was the Jesse Pinkman, though. It was yeah, the it's, just, it's just the normal, normal. Jesse Pinkman from the show. <laughs> like Jeff Yo, Bezos bitch. is real in our world, so is Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> Yeah. Yo, bitch, it's time to make some fantasy dr- drugs, yo. All right. So, Balter Bite is uh, strolling the floor of the warehouse, keeping a close eye on the operations, making sure that the mix is right. He's overseeing the uh, the plants come in from the back and how they're dried and whacked up and, and stewed and what's added to the stew. I think that drugs, all good drugs come from stew. Everybody knows this. Oh, yeah. oh important detail. When Balter is at work, he prefers to be called Hindenburg. Okay, thank you. Um, so I think the most important part of this is, Anthony, please tell me about the one... What? <laughs> this is the most important the most part important of Anthony. Part so is Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah he appreciate is. that everyone. I, I needed that today. <laughs> Anthony, I would love for you to tell me what what goes wrong at the Hindenburg plant today. What's what takes the Hindenburg down? Slash mattress warehouse. Slash mattress warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what takes the Hindenburg out? Um, well. I'm not. I'm not going to stick with the with the the making schmad uh, situation. <laughs> making <laughs> schmad. <laughs> it's um no no in in this case it's actually a it's the owner of a competing mattress warehouse who okay. is who thinks like they're a really good mattress warehouse. They don't recognize that it's a front. They're just like I have to take these. He's like, how down. are these guys doing how, so well? How are how they, they making so, so much well? money? They only have six mattresses. <laughs> yeah. What's in these mattresses? And they're occupied. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, so they send. I'm gonna say they send like a wind up teddy bear 
to like go in there and it's gonna be like an explosive of some sort. It's gonna okay. go in like, there. A, oh, like a Trojan cool. teddy bear. Yeah, like a Trojan teddy bear. Trojan yeah. Teddy bear. All right. So <laughs> uh, I think we hear like a like a ticking of gears and we see from the teddy bear's perspective, like it's like a long shot down an aisle of these drug oh, cutters. Now it's I'm like sad. A, it's a teddy Bessie, it's a teddy oh, bear. He has a little heart up. tag on him and it says Gregory. And it says, Anthony, I love Anthony, hugs. Can you fucking stop it, and, please? <laughs> and also, it's like slightly worn out. So you know that the bear has been like loved. And it's not Yeah, like out. one of its eyes is, is a button. And it's got a little kid's name. Like, it's got a few its like tag. spots that are like so nice. I don't give a fuck about the kid. But I'm like sad for the, like, fuck that kid who clearly dropped that bear somewhere because kids are careless and didn't deserve Gregory. That kid's barely. Not even a little. And now the bear has turned to a life of, crime <laughs> it's now you know a, like a suicide like bomber i like that better all, i like that suicide thing is my shtick and secondly i'm really sad now i like that better than a wind-up doll i think that gregory is a fully alive and sentient teddy bear who <laughs> hates his life and he's just he's, he's the marvin man he's sprinting down the aisle of this drug factory and he's like ripping he's like grabbed his like seams and he just like rips it open <laughs> And explodes in like a fiery burst of violet. Powder. Did he do any of the product first? Oh yeah, his eyes were. Because I feel dilated. like you know what? Yeah, I was gonna say if, if I were gonna, gonna go, like, suicide bear, I'm getting well. high on whatever's in there first. The result of this is after the after the mayhem and the screaming and the every and the chaos. Uh, Balter Bite, aka Hindenburg, as he likes to be referred to at work, goes through and and scrubs all of the mal the mal the mal the mal <clears throat> and goes through and scrubs all of the bad product off of the line he doesn't want any of his product to be compromised because balterbite aka hindenburg has a very high standard however 99% pure jesse motherfucking pinkman slips in dressed in an old man nighty and cap with a ball on it he's been pretending to be one of the grandparents this entire time what a twist and steals one brick of of whatever fantasy drugs these guys are producing that's got just a little smattering of purple dust over the top. And that's where we're going to leave that. I would like to do a little twist. Normally we open like straight into the action we get going. I want to do a little slice of life. You guys have owned Troll Skull Tavern for a, a few weeks to a month. I would like you to tell me what specifically you guys have done to sort of bring in business and improve the actual tavern, like promotions or acts or, you know, new offerings, just like, how is the tavern doing? I like to imagine that we invented the first ever neon open sign. Okay. Tell me more. How did, how did it come about? So <clears throat> me and Arnold were just, chilling after hours you know he had just finished his set um everyone in the bar had already vacated but gareth listened to the rest of the song because why wouldn't he, he was a banger obviously obviously yes. uh and then they were brainstorming about like how could we get more people into the tavern and or the library and we were like oh dude how could they tell if it's if we're open or not and, and I, so okay. I, I like the idea that Arnold would go, oh, I have an idea, and like use his like uh, minor illusion to create a light bulb above his head. But then his idea is just like, we could just have someone stand outside and tell people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Gareth is just like, that is a 
fantastic idea. However, I don't want to pay another employee. I barely want to pay the current one. But what if... Now, can you do that thing you did with the light bulb, except make it say, open, with like a cool, a cool little arrow pointing to the door? Okay, so I like I do it again with like you know there's the there's a, it's a light bulb but there's like a little balloon like a word balloon that says with a cool little arrow with it pointed to the door because it's saying that um, so that's and even Gareth is like that's a lot of letters for open I wouldn't have thought that, <laughs> that, thought that many but all right yeah. wow yeah it's one two yeah that's a lot yeah. of letters all right. uh, but, but I, like I count it and I like lose track I'm like one two three uh, the one after that. <laughs> I like to think that you guys. I think that I like to think that you guys took this concept to Wicked Wares and Wiles, and Dina, Daniel, and uh, and Sean the Gorilla like came up with an open sign that's uh, we'll call it like trapped fairy fire in glass tubes that they've blown into be patent pending, of course. Um, But that is now uh, on like I think it's so Troll Skull Tavern sits on a corner lot, and I think you guys have it like just behind the fence, so that it's like right when when people like it's you can't not see it. And or, um, alternatively, we could have it just like directly above the front door and the arrow is just pointing straight down. You could do that too. I think the real question that I'm going to ask Diana is what color is the open sign? Um, It is like a light. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's going to be hot pink. Is all of it hot pink or is like the arrow a different color? Ooh. Um, the arrow is going to be, um, like a neon purple. Ooh, vaporwave vibes. Yeah. I love this. Yes. I love this. Okay. Oh. So we've got- Definitely not from the poster behind Anthony. No, 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 no. Obviously. That was the equivalent of looking around the room to make up a fake name, like, uh, map, <laughs> light. Yeah, that's what's going to next speaker. time I need to come up with a name. I'm going to take it from that poster. I'm going to be like, yeah, so- We've got a we've got a fairy fire open sign. Uh, Arnold, what have you been doing to sort of like bring people into Trollskull Tavern? Okay, so Arnold has recognized that like he wants to be uh, more more known of the, you know around the neighborhood, Obviously. but he doesn't have well, he doesn't have a lot of time because he's out like going on adventures with his friends all the time. He's being a hero, you know, he's trying to save lives and you know like so he's he's out adventuring. So what he's he's decided to do is he got his friend Ronald to dress up like him. Um, so now Arnold is trying to brand himself. Uh, so he's created the Arnold McDonald uh, character. So now everyone who works uh, playing music at the at Troll Skull has to dress like that and be Arnold McDonald. So no it's one like, knows. It's like how Chuck E. Cheese always has yes. somebody in the Chuck E. Suit. In the Chuck E. Suit, exactly. That is the most Chuck horrifying image cheese. I've ever. Like you've got, you've got like <laughs> varying groups that are putting. They're like, oh fuck, I gotta go work at Troll Skull tonight. I hope the Arnold McDonald costume has been cleaned since last time. <laughs> and it never has. Like, that's on Floon, man. You know he's not doing it. Oh, you know Floon ain't doing the laundry. Not a chance. Come on. D- during, okay, so. the, during the unnamed winter holiday of this world, uh, the kids can sit on Arnold McDonald's lap for pictures. <laughs> yep. And it's just Arnold McDonald with, like, just... a white beard. <laughs> I love, I love that Gareth is like a legitimate businessman who's like coming up with cool ideas, and Arnold is like a children car- cartoon villain who's like <laughs> trying to make himself well known. I like yep. to think the little bit of interest Mel showed would have been to like maybe suggest to bring in like really popular bands, but then Arnold cried for eight days. <laughs> so she was like, "Forget it." 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's good that you. Bring and then that that's up when he's that. like, "Well, I'll just make them all dress up, like you know, <laughs> this character." Well, that's how I'm gonna become the really popular band that plays the troll skull. Yeah, it's everyone just, knows. It's just Arnold, Arnold McDonald. McDonald as the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, man, I didn't know Arnold McDonald sang Satisfaction that good. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, okay, so Diana as Mel, in addition to the open sign and the Arnold McDonald groups that are coming in what is what is mel doing to to further the success of troll skull i think she she would probably leverage josh pad a little bit because he's real cute mm -hmm. and like maybe just try to like on walks or whatnot when he's sniffing around and people inevitably come up to pet him and be like oh hey you can see him we hang out at Troll Skull, just oh. like using that time. Dude, okay. Set up, set up like a like a petting booth. Gonna, kind of. I mean, Josh. No Pat's way, Josh Pat sits through a petting booth though. Yeah, I don't I mean, want to pour Josh Pat out either. I don't want to. I don't want to be Josh Pat's pimp. You know what we can do? You know what we can do? We can say Josh, Josh Pat is Pat so would cute. Like the attention. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna say Josh Pat is so cute that it's like a petting booth, but just to look. People will pay not a lot of money. Let's say a copper nib. They have to pay to extra look at Josh if they want a pet. Okay, and they have to go. bring a treat that he likes. So it's like it's like a copper nip to look at the wolf pup, and like that's fine. People pay that, but then it's like a full golden booby to touch the wolf pup. Right. A golden and, what? Uh, we went over this in golden booby and like a turkey leg, and but turkey she doesn't leg. give them to him all at once because then otherwise Josh Pat is going to be a chunky little boy. So uh, I like to imagine like people will leave uh, trolls go and be like, "Dude, Josh Pat came like right up to my hand, yeah. dude." He's like <laughs> little Sebastian from Parks and Recreation. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, God, how I'm no. picturing it anyway. Incredible. Okay, <clears throat> great. So you guys are. Seeing some success in Troll Skull, not a lot because no business takes off right away. But you know, you started with Floon. Unfortunately, you still got Floon. That's kind of we started bad. from the bottom and now we're here. You started from the bottom and now you're here. I couldn't have phrased it better myself. The library is doing well. People are coming in to read books. The coffee section is doing well. People are getting like coffee and tea and like maybe like a breakfast. I think you got like a breakfast pastry delivery from a local bakery every day. Not a lot, but like enough to like entice people in in the morning because everybody knows Friday and Saturday nights going to take care of themselves. You got to fill the you got to put butts in the seats in the morning and the weekdays. Yes, everybody think... knows that. Certainly not the executive chef of us. Everybody, everybody knows that. This is common knowledge. No, that's like not hard to figure out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you want to go to a bar I, on a I Tuesday was trying afternoon. to help. I was trying to flex on his new job. Well, fuck me for trying to do a nice thing. Continue. Now let's get into the meat. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. I think. I think it starts with Gareth. Me. Late night, Friday night, after a big, a big night at, big night and day at Troll Skull Tavern. You guys had a really successful morning. The the tables were almost packed with people reading books and comic books and drinking coffee and eating pastries. And then you guys had like a big evening. Uh, Arnold brought in a group called um, Hurl Jam. And they all dressed nice. in as, as Arnold McDonald. That's right. And Arnold, I mean, you guys were so busy. Arnold didn't even have time to like get on stage. He was back behind the bar with you and Flew, and you guys were three bartenders deep on a Friday night throwing drinks. And you're sitting at the table late at night. It's like two in the morning, and Flume comes up to you, and he's he's got a black tray 
with a single uh, round of drinks on it. And he says, Hey, uh, bro, Gareth, uh, can, I, can I run an idea past you? Uh, <clears throat> Gareth is reading a comic book, but by reading, he's just looking at the pictures. <laughs> uh, so he's like idly leafing through. Uh-huh. He looks like, sure, Floon, shoot it past me. So, like, I was looking at our product mix, and you know that, like, so our drinks run at, like, sort of 50%, 45 to 50% cost, and even with our markup, we're, we're still losing a little bit in the margins there. I've got this round of drinks that I've I've been batch testing, and, like, I can make them for, like, 15%. They, they're cheap, but they taste really good. I think we could sell them for more. Will you try one? I want, like, the Bro Gareth seal of approval. The sneak attack, you know what I mean? Well, Floon, sure, Floon but... take economics. Uh, now, Floon, I congratulate I your effort. Strong. I have a few questions about your uh, presentation. <clears throat> Which one is bigger, 15 or 50? I'm pretty sure it's 50. Well, okay, but don't we want more money? So why would we want 15? Isn't that less money? Well, bro, Gareth, like, if it costs you 50% of something to make, the cost is higher. So if it, so if it costs 15%, it costs it it costs less to make, so it's a seventy five percent product margin, bro, or profit margin. Shit, I'm sorry, I get so flustered. You know what? I believe you. <laughs> like the whole time he's saying this, Gareth, like smoke starts coming out of his ears. <laughs> Gareth's brain overheats like an old bus engine. <laughs> so he slides this black tray in front of you, and um, on it are three glasses. There is a uh, a warm earthenware mug like a coffee mug there is a highball glass with ice and then there is a uh sort of like a tropical cocktail with like an umbrella that he skewered like bits of fruit on and put in there he's like which one do you want to try bro um i think gareth is gonna do like an eeny meeny miny mo nice okay uh roll a d4 for me gareth d4 you got it damn i should have got my dice out before we started recording while you're getting your dice out arnold and mel what are you guys doing in Troll Skull late at night that you can be involved in this scene? Mel, I'm assuming maybe something with the crow's nest being sort of like up and away from people? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a pretty logical. safe guess. Yeah. She likes to say that she's secure security to just get away with being up there all the time. And All right. It's I'm... not not a bad vantage point if needed, but mostly she's up there just, just ready to throw an encyclopedia at somebody's head at a moment's 100%. notice. Like... <laughs> You know. Okay, I'm rolling the D4, and I got a one. Okay, you go for the warm, the warm earthenware uh, cup, and you take a sip. And first of all, like raising it up to your to your nose, it smells like some. It 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 almost like reminds you of like the forests of home. Like it's got that sort of like earthy root vegetables, like cooked home style meal smell to it but when you sip it it's it tastes like mulling spices and fresh pickles and it's got like a bite of of hard alcohol that's almost lost in like that really pleasant acidity from a good pickle everything and... you just described sounds disgusting to me but gareth <laughs> is super into it gareth loves it fantasy <laughs> cocktail sounds very that. good to me i like pickle and uh floon turns to you arnold what I are you like doing pickles in... but i oh, don't yeah, think so... i want to drink them sorry <laughs> 
No, so Arnold, um, he started at the stage and he's slowly walking backwards, like going behind people. And as he's doing that, he's doing that thing that people do in the crowd where he's like, oh my God, Arnold McDonald's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, he's trying to like hype up himself as he's going backwards. Yeah, like he's trying to be all the different, but he's using like, you know, minor illusion to cast. Like, you know, so people are like, whoa, this guy's got one one to play my birthday. Like he was at my wedding. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, all these like little. He helped me move last week. (laughs) Are there still? I'm sorry, above tape. There's still people there. I I thought we were closed, but I think I are we closed? I'm sorry. I... We are closed, but I can. But we can say that Arnold is practicing for the next. Yeah, day. He's just I doing needed it, something like... to do. I'm sorry. I just. Oh, no, no, I, I didn't know I too. It could like, have been like the that... last people there. Finish your drink and then get yeah. out. Yeah, like they're on their way to the door, and you're just like, man, I had so much fun listening to <laughs> yeah, Arnold. All right, I'm fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, there's like there two you or go. three people, and you're just <laughs> like, wow, that guy's. But they're like, it's still like two or three people, so they're like, what the fuck are you doing? No, they're just they're like. He's doing the minor illusion to like make a sound, but they're like, I didn't say that. And was that you moved your mouth? Who was that? Who that? And then Arnold is gone like a wraith. But <laughs> Arnold, uh, Floon turns to you and he's got this black tray with two drinks on it. One okay. is a tropical looking cocktail with um, um, bits of fruit skewered in a cocktail umbrella, and the other is a tall highball glass with ice and a and a straw, and it's like a, a purple magenta color. And he's like, okay, Oh, bro, Arnold, do you do you want to try one of my bevies? Um, can I ask them what they're what like what flavor they are? Oh yeah, so this one's called like a like a phi tai. It's got any points to the one with with uh, fruit in it. It's like it's got like watermelon and kiwi, and I put some strawberries in there. There's a little raspberry, uh, some blueberries too. I got some blackberries that I put in there, and a little tomato. Okay, tomatoes so are fruit too. So you're making smoothies. Are there? Is there any kind of like? Is there anything else in this? Is it a smoothie? Yeah, I'll try it. Okay. Oh yeah, there's smoothie. like five ounces of like hard, hard, hard liquor in there. <laughs> I, can I say like I'm already chugging it? Because like I thought it was just. A I smoothie. like that. I like that Arnold was like, "What's in it?" <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm just gonna pick it up and just swing, swig. It it is so sweet. It's so it tastes like the blue shark bowl beverage they serve at Applebee's. You know the one with like candy floating on the top. Yeah. Much, it's but yeah. it's almost nauseatingly sweet, yeah. but very tasty and super oh, strong. Okay. And then Floon turns to the crow's nest that is bolted onto the wall at Troll Skull, and Mel, you see his cheerful smile wither from the edges to the center, and like all of the blood drains from his face, and he takes two steps before Josh Pat starts growling. I think, and he goes, "Oh." Romel, I made a drink. Do you want to try it? It's really. No, I'm good. Thank you. It's really good. Oh, this one's pretty good. No, they can split it. I'm good. So can I just. Mel does not not like Floon. She's historically never really liked Floon, and she's definitely not interested in coming down and drinking something that Floon has made. Like, she wants and then josh pat's growling at him too and that's usually a warning to, to sign so so she's just gonna stay up there and okay all right no 100 like why yeah that's fully in character i buy that okay um really quick i don't know I if you heard to... that i'm sorry what'd you, I'm dropping what'd you say? Stuff. oh no it's fine oh i'm dropping um, stuff if you hear that on the replay sorry i've been so, drinking so can arnold just take it and be like oh you don't want your smoothie they're good and just like, like <laughs> oh no arnold okay all yours arnold Okay. All right. Um, I need to, I just realized I don't have my dice. Um, so I need to get those really quick. And I also need to do some frantic thinking. I will be right back.
we are going to split the party metaphorically. And when I say split the party, I mean, I'm going to have to describe what's happening to you individually because... I made some errors in judgment, which is fine. I do that a lot. Two thirds of us drank poison. <laughs> so I'm going to describe what's happening to uh, Gareth and Arnold and Mel. I'm just going to need to pause. I'm just going to need to press pause on your character just for a second, and then That's I'll. That's all I'll right. She's reading. She's snugging her dog. Wait, are, are, are like... you going to like? Are you going to deafen uh, Diana so she? No, can't no, no, no. God, no. Because I want her to be able to comment and make jokes. Like, I mean, it's a comment. It's like just uh -huh. having her sit there in silence wouldn't be fun for her. So, okay. Um, I think we're gonna go with Arnold first. I think Arnold, as you're reaching for Mel's beverage and you're like, are you sure this is really tasty? You already feel the edges of the room floating away. Okay. Like you are already sinking into the floor metaphorically. I think, right. you're, I think your sense of equilibrium is completely compromised. And as you take the second drink, which tastes like, it tastes like sunset on a beach. It tastes like a warm summer breeze and like bits of like, or you get like a faint hit of herb, but like the rest of the subtleties of the drink are completely lost on you because you're already sliding into your own spine. Of course. You open your eyes to see a cottage in the woods. Okay. Please tell me about this cottage, Arnold. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. I, I am gonna go Hansel and Gretel and say it's a candy cottage because I was just Hell tasting yeah. like the most delicious fruity and like you know yeah, sweet yeah. beverage ever. And I imagine that if I was if I were to hallucinate a cottage, it would be a candy cottage. So yeah, I'm gonna say it's like graham cracker walls with like all these like embellished you know like candy fillings with like like you know licorice like gumdrop like, knob. Exactly. Yeah, everything yeah, is candy. I'm, like, I'm so with it. Top to bottom, hundred percent. The fence okay. is made out of candy canes. I'm yeah. so there. Oh. There's like a little there's like a little garden of like little um like gingerbread figures and like oh I, I love that yeah cool stuff okay great perfect in Cotton front of candy this smoke coming out of the chimney sorry <laughs> that was yes, amazing yes in love front it. of this candy uh, cottage Arnold there are several instruments leaning against the, the sort of the, the the door underneath the eaves where the, <clears> it's got sort of like a porch and it's protected from the wind and the rain and the elements. Right. You see a lute, a set of drums. There's a there's a flute. There's a tuba. They're not candy. They're regular right. instruments. And as you're standing there, the door swings open, and a a man who kind of looks like Pedro Pascal walks out. He's a little bit older, a little bit a little bit weather faced, uh, ruggedly he's got handsome. Ruggedly handsome. I was gonna say, if I'd known Pedro was gonna be there, I would have drank the fucking. Thing. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. You made your choices, and I made mine. You have to be taught lessons sometimes. Yeah, you made your bed, and I lie in Pedro's. Let's do this. Damn. Why must you hurt me like this? But he looks at you, Arnold, and he says, "Ah, my friend, you're here. Please, please come in. Come, come." Uh, and Arnold, I think you take a step, and you hear your footstep echoed by somebody next to you. Okay. We're gonna press pause on you for a second. Got it. Gareth, you open your eyes to find yourself in a mountainous ravine. It's leaning towards evening. The sky is alive with leaden clouds and it's, it's dark and windy and getting a little rainy. And you see the door to a rogue's den buried in the mountains. Please tell me about this rogue's den buried in the mountains. Uh, okay, before I do that, I have a question. Please. So, because A, I assume that Gareth drinks more than Arnold by a substantial mm, amount. False. 
you you drank probably all of your beverage, but Arnold. No, drank... I, I mean in general. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Uh, but two, Arnold did drink Mel and his drink. He had two of the three. Correct. So would I be able to do a constitution roll to see if I figure out this is a hallucination? It wouldn't necessarily change that I'm seeing it, but... You know what? Yeah, roll it and let's and let's see. All it's right, a good call. So my constitution is a plus two, and I rolled a 16. <clears throat> okay. Um, I think so 18 you, total. I think this early on, you might have feelings like, wow, I've had really strong side effects of substances like this before. But in the moment, you think it's... Don't even get me started on the jong. Don't even... I mean, hey, listen. listen, You're still coming down from the jong. The jong hasn't left you. I still say y'all sometimes. (laughs) Um, Tell me about this rogue's den, Gareth. So it is... uh, I'm not describing it. My character voice, get over it. It is nestled in the bottom of the ravine, but it's not in the, you know, a ravine is a V. It's not in the bottom of the V. It's more off to the side. Yeah, like tucked into the walls kind of thing. Exactly. It's sheltered by a lot of trees and boulders and debris, and it would be very hard to spot if not for one of the rocks being scratched with a mark, almost like hobo code. Yeah, okay. That's, that's the thing that rogues can do, right? Like thieves can't. Like, yeah, they can, absolutely. Yeah. You got a language. So the the marking on the rock, you move the rock and it kind of uh, moves the whole tree cover away that reveals the entrance to the rogue den. And what's surprising about the rogue den is even though you can't see it from the outside, it has a shocking amount of natural light inside. Okay. I like that that Gareth can't read, but that he knows this entire code. Of images. Well, yeah, they're just like circles like, and lines. That's, yeah, that's actually yeah, what like, Peace like, Camp is. Like, it's... Yeah, you you know what they all mean, but letters throw you. It's because uh, the old man who I left to burn alive uh, also couldn't read, but he could speak the thieves' language. You're the thief. All right. But he 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 taught me. That's just let's... another real twist in the gut for the audience there. Let's say that there are really cleverly concealed. Um niches in the rock above this gallery or or above this den that lets natural light in once you're inside but uh gareth i think you i think you go inside probably seeking shelter from like the the storm that's brewing on the horizon behind you and you hear an amused voice echo from inside the den and say well nobody's ever found it before on their own you're pretty impressive little guy and you see walking out of like a twist in the tunnel before the natural light comes and holding a torch, an older woman. She's got an eye patch over one eye and silver and gold raw nuggets woven into her hair. And like, she's got bracelets on and she has a pair, she's wearing black leather armor that's really sleek and expensive looking. And she has a pair of daggers strapped onto her hips. And she smiles at you and a gold tooth winks in her grin. And she's like, come on in little guy. It's getting nasty out there, huh? I'm average height. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, so you know how um, <laughs> dudes a lot of the time will like fail to make eye contact and just look directly at like cleavage. Yeah. Gareth is staring directly at her jewelry, just like oh, the word. silver okay. nuggets. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she motions for you to come in, and you take a step, and you hear your footstep echoed by somebody walking right beside you. I would like two things from you guys, Arnold. I would like you to tell me 
what 10-year-old Gareth looks like. And Gareth, I would like you to tell me what 10-year-old Arnold looks like in your head. Okay. Oh, like just what we imagine. Like, okay. I imagine the 10-year-old Gareth looks um, like a much shorter version of what Gareth looks like now. That's usually With how the facial but hair. Otherwise, but like, yeah, no, no, but he's exactly, but he's exactly him, just shorter. He's got like a downy, like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it's I was like edged in with marker. <laughs> that's it. Just it's it's absolutely him, shorter and like almost with the same clothes. Like it's just he's wearing his dad's shirt. Like okay, one of those. like my my wizard robe. I didn't dye black yet because I'm like still in the w- village. Okay. Yeah. More um, wizardry because. He- is he armed, Arnold? Is he like? Does he have any sort of like uh, weapon um, or? I think besides my gun show, obviously. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> no, I think like okay. In Arnold's head, his friend was like born a wizard and has been a wizard for a long time. So I think he would have like this like ornate staff, like this kind of like crazy, you know, like you know, like you shall not pass sort of like old yeah. like pieces of a tree that's just like withered and like tethered together you know that kind of thing he, that's what he would have as a weapon okay it is important to note at this moment dear listener hi thank you for sticking with us gareth is a rogue arnold is convinced that his best friend gareth yeah. is a wizard you haven't yeah. got it fucked up you've got it right it's just a little piece of headcanon that we that we've got going on for us. Just Everything's basic fine. lore. Gareth used to live in a wizarding village, but he didn't jive with the whole wizarding school or regular school, so he left. Exactly. Now, Gareth, please tell me what ten-year-old Arnold looks like in Gareth's imagination. So, okay, I don't have like an image, but I have like a vibe that is so strong, and I have to <laughs> say it. Let's go. 10-year-old Arnold was absolutely one of the kids who would, like, wear a tie to school to impress everyone. He's a young Sheldon. No, but, like, not in, like, a nerdy way. Just, like, I want to look my best way. Okay. Okay. All right. So I I imagine tie now? I imagine 10-year-old Arnold as, like, really well-dressed. But at the same time, the clothes he's wearing are, like, kind of muddy and, like, like, torn a little bit because he's, like, clumsy. Okay. Like he All hasn't right, so... developed motor skills quite quite yet. Mm. So he like he's covered in ninja turtle band-aids and <laughs> from died from the... like 30 times. The the, the hems of his like pants are all fucked up because he keeps like stepping on them. I like that actually. I think he's got so Arnold, 10-year-old Arnold has like like a long like a long sleeve shirt that's rolled up to his elbows really hastily. Um his Oh, his he's also pants... missing one of his like two front teeth, like classic like oh, children in cartoons. Adorable. His like like six out of ten of his fingers have bandages on them somehow. And he's got like a necktie and he's also barefoot. <laughs> like he lost his shoes. Like so. <clears throat> so uh Arnold, you yes. step forward and you turn and suddenly a, a younger version of Gareth is there with you. He's 10 years old. And then you look down and really you are a also- a smaller version of Gareth. Uh, yeah, just a smaller <laughs> version of Gareth, Gareth, I guess. But you look around and Arnold, you're also young too. You're okay. also 10 years old. Gareth, same with you. You're, you are the same age as young Arnold. Oh, we've been ratatouille. I'm not, gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna make you describe yourself because that's not how dreams work oh i kind of um, i kind of wanted to because i just like the, made up interesting lore on the spot <laughs> like the weirdest fucking dmt trip that i've ever heard of but i'm here for it uh gareth hold on to that it will i will give you the opportunity to do that later 
Arnold, we're going with you first. You and Gareth step forward as Pedro Pascal. I got to find a different I can't keep dropping Pedro Pascal. Did Pedro Pascal You're just doing figure. it to bother me? The Mandalorian. Hey, I made you frantically think. <laughs> the fan the Fandalorian. Um he picks up a he picks up a loop beside the door and just like while he's waiting for you guys to enter his candy cane cottage, his fingers strum on it. And Arnold, I mean, you could tell right off the rip, this guy is a master at what he does. The melody that is rippling out of this lute is it almost like folds on itself while he's playing it. It sounds like two, three, four Pedro Pascals are playing the guitar as he's waiting, and you're like, wow, that, that's super impressive. Now there's four of them, Bestie. Hey, listen, listen, listen. If you don't take the bit, you got to stay. Now you don't get to have a foursome with four different Mandalorians. All right. And that's on you. It is. You walk inside, and the inside of this cottage is cozy and compact. There's a gingerbread slab table with benches, and it's laden with uh, jello and Turkish delight and roasted gumdrop buttons and there's a there's a a fresh pudding that's got like speckles of marshmallow dust on it and pedro pascal says please please sit please um uh, what brings you to the forest you are a little uh dare i say a little young to be walking around unaccompanied uh real quick i don't know if i'll get a chance to talk as young gareth but (laughs) if i do i i think that arnold assumes he talks like a regal wizard like, oh my god that would wait, do- wait don't that... go any further because okay, if it okay. happens arnold's got to make that decision what that sounds like for himself oh i wouldn't talk for young gary okay i got you you see you see what i'm saying yeah 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 yeah. okay arnold okay so he asks um where we go do, so do does my character understand that this is a hallucination like do i know oh, where, absolutely how... not no you no, of are course. fully so... in the moment you're so high right now bro of course like, i'm so are... high yeah so can I, at this point, my character hasn't spoken aloud since being Correct. this high. Um, so I guess I would just be like, you know, I'm, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you realize he's young because his voice hasn't broken. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, it. I got it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Everything is fine, my dear friend. Please have a seat. You must be confused. I, I... am here to help. Oh, are you going to help me learn how to play the, the instruments the way you did it just now? Because that's amazing. If you would like to learn how to play the lute the way I play the lute, my friend, I am here to teach you everything you need to know. My name is Andorra. I, am I thought a you were going to do like a Balter Bite thing only for Pedro Pascal. No, nah, I'm better. My name I'm is Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Pedro Wascal. Uh, no, I don't he says, my, my name is Andorra. Right. I am a, uh, a friendly practitioner of uh, magic and music, and I am uh, here taking a brief sojourn from my tour around the country. I am somewhat of a musician, as you have seen. But you, oh. dear boy, I'm so sorry to interrupt. What brings you to the forest? You are quite far away from wherever it is you come from. Drugs. Yeah, I'm good. it away. So I'm gonna be honest with you. I've um, I I don't know how I got here, but I I just once I started hearing music and then smelling the smells of whatever this place is, I just followed it because it felt like home. It felt safe. It felt delicious, and I want it. Um, I I don't mean to intrude. I don't want to eat your house, but I also want to eat your house. 
oh friend please 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 sit at the table have ha help yourself and he actually sit at the um, table have a bite of the table he he uh flicks his wrist and like seemingly out of nowhere a gingerbread plate appears in his hand and he starts like loading you up with like roasted gumdrop buttons and a little of that pudding with marshmallow dust on it like hands and then he hands it to you do you take a bite so would arnold uh, would arnold in his like inebriated state still have access to like memories of like childhood or anything like would oh, yeah. i yeah no, okay okay sure, okay yes. so like because i'm just trying to i'm trying to gauge like the level of danger that arnold would fear like feel walking into a place that in my mind is you know obviously uh the paradise. Den of, uh, an, yeah paradise and the <laughs> den of a witch of an evil like cannibalistic witch monster but um this is I literally the plot of Hansel and Gretel so far. Ex yeah, exactly. That's why. So, so. Hey, listen, my man hey, said I'm going full Hansel and Gretel. What do you want from we me? We did it. Yeah. So, okay, okay. Um, but I'm gonna say <clears throat> Arnold would probably take something just like out of like to be polite and just kind of hold it and just be like, "So, is everything in this place edible? Did you make? Do you make all of this?" A hundred percent of it is edible. You can have whatever your heart's fancy, except for me, dear boy. Please do not take a bite of me. Uh -huh. oh. I. I am, now listen, listen, I understand that you might look at this and have, have a fright struck into your heart because it's a little scary, right? Candy Cottage, strange, handsome men walking out the door. Listen, I'm, I'm 10 years old and I didn't suggest that you were handsome. It's a little weird that you're suggesting it now. You sir. don't have to suggest it, my friend. I own a mirror and I have eyes. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I found this cottage. I don't live here. I mean, I do oh. live here, but I didn't build it. Okay. What here? I think my I question your... for you, I think okay, my question go. for you, Arnold, is, and you'll forgive me for being a little familiar. Mm. Why are you so scared all the time? Damn. Um. Okay. I um, yeah, I, 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 I was doing therapy tonight, <clears throat> Bashdim. Now I'm back. If I knew glad. therapy I was involved, I would have chugged that drink. Every, and I was like, God damn it, I should have. It's like that. It's like that bit from Catch Me If You Can where Leonardo DiCaprio's like, Why did not concur? <laughs> so, <clears throat> so Arnold's like, okay, he kind of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say he like, Socratically is like, woo. I'm. When am I scared all the time? Well, my friend, I, again, forgive me for being a little familiar. I, I, it, it, it seems to me that in your village and, and in your interactions with, with the other musicians that you live with, it seems that you are, you are quite, quite timid. No, you, you, everything scares you. You, you cry a lot. And that's fine. People cry, but you seem to cry all the time. And it, it seems to me that you might want to, you might want to talk about why you're so scared. Okay. Um, so... Arnold would, would basically be like, are you my father? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I can see why you would want this to be true. Okay. So, so basically Arnold just like, I want to know. Um, so how do you, I haven't, I don't know you. How do you know all this about me? Perfect. We're going to cut to Gareth. Okay. Gareth, this woman leads you into this rogues den. And as the tunnel twists and opens into the den uh, full, you see these slants of light that these uh, very cleverly carved niches are allowing like the last vestiges of daylight to, sil to filter through. And you're looking, Gareth, at piles of treasure. 
it's it's sliding from the walls it's it's like old leaves blown into the corner of of abandoned houses and fall like there's so much of it there are stands of armor and figurines of of pure gold there are chests and chests of golden boobies and silver coins and <laughs> copper nips um there are are like weapons on the wall like bronze vaginas you can keep going <laughs> when Brass a whole line of candles <laughs> there, on... there are iron buttholes <laughs> there along, penises. along one wall there is a massive uh uh fire roiling in a hearth that's been carved into the rock wall and there's a pair of very comfortable looking albeit somewhat tattered armchairs sitting in front of the fire and this and this woman uh sort of carelessly throws her her torch into the fire and gestures at one of the armchairs for you to sit and she's she sits and sort of like pulls a little bit at the patch over her eye and says well so uh what uh what what brought you here dmt Um, well, you, you you know, you complimented me earlier on being the only one to find it, but you wrote an invitation on the door, so I assumed it was open. Well, I mean, I, always always open for a fellow uh, member of the Thieves Guild or the the the, the, the blah, 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 blah. fucking shit. Sorry. Wow, Garrett's trip just took a very weird turn. It's always enough open with the front. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it's always open to somebody who also speaks Thieves Camp. I'm always a friend of a fellow rogue, but uh, it's not exactly what I would call conspicuous. It takes a keen eye to recognize it and to be bold enough to walk in, which I like. Well, I appreciate your friendship. Um, my question is, does your friendship extend to generosity? Well, of course. Anybody that's managed to find their way deserves something to take home. In the middle of that sentence, Gareth <laughs> starts just like scooping piles. Okay, what do you go for first? You go raw? Do you go raw liquid coin, or do you go for like a, a big thing? My first handful. You go is for an raw, iron asshole. Just raw cash because that doesn't have to be fenced off. Uh huh. But I think once I get enough of just the raw gold coins, that's when I start going for a pretty jewel, something that like catches my eye. Okay, I think you get a good like double handful of. Gold boobies, coin, golden boobies. Um, I think stuffed into your like shirt front, Gareth. I think you tuck your shirt in, and then then. If I had a bra, I would be putting them in exactly. my bra. Exactly. But uh, the thing that catches your eye is a necklace hanging on one of these sort of like armor stands throughout this cave, and it is a sapphire the size of a tangerine. Hell yeah! Inlaid in a in an inlay of inlaid in an inlay, idiot. Set in You're gold. A real struggle bussy tonight, Damn. bestie. I'm, I'm doing a lot of like improv a struggle stuff bussy. And... Yeah. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you get it right in your struggle bussy? <laughs> Listen, there was an iron asshole, so I was just leaning into it. That's not what I is meant. That, is that another coin at Waterdeep? Is the struggle bussy? <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like the lowest coin. It's like, oh damn, yeah, I'll get this for two struggle bussies. <laughs> anyway, uh, above above the table here, can I take the opportunity to like just insert cool random lore? What is it about? About like the wizarding village I came from. Oh yeah, sure, go for it. 
Uh, so, uh, when Gareth is bending down to scoop up his riches, mm-hmm. um, uh, he bends down, his hair, you know, kind of falls in front of his face, and he realizes that his hair is black. And he oh. figures out, my hair hasn't been black since I was 15. What what happened? Okay. All right. So, just like a, just like a moment where Gareth sees the edge of this illusion a little bit. Yeah, just because okay. like I kind like I, I kind of got the idea from like you know how like birds get more colorful feathers when they get older. I just imagined the wizard from the village get white hair at sixteen. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I like that a lot. All right, bet. Um, so you're scooping all this coin. Do you go for the necklace, Gareth? Do you take it off this this uh, armor stand? Uh, I think that I don't want to overstep my okay. uh, thing, so I, I think I'll point it out and uh, inquire about it. So, like, uh, this necklace here on the armor stand, is it of any significance? It is, uh, well, it's funny you should ask. It, it's it's uh, a little bit of a rare take. I was on a I was on a five-day heist with a temporary crew. You know, I always like to roll solo. I don't really trust other people, much like yourself, Gareth. So I was on a five-day heist, and it was uh, sort of this, like, nobleman. He had this whole, like wagon trail of riches and we set up we set fire to the path in front of them and behind them so the horses had nowhere to go so they panicked and they ran all over the guards and then i ducked in and i and i took it from the nobleman's carriage himself i took it right out from under his nose it was a great take you would have loved it but i but hate i, I hate s- noblemen and their nobility ah, it sucks shit right eat the rich speaking of which if you want it take it i'll tell you what i'll tell you what We'll do a fair exchange because you've helped yourself to my coin, and that's fine. You deserve it for being a member of the the thieves guild. But we'll do a we'll do an honest trade for this one. One question, and it's yours. Do I have to answer it? Well, yeah. Tell you what, uh, one answer, and it's yours. The question's mm, part of the bargain. Can I think about answering it before? Like, you know, if I decide not to answer the question, can I not take the necklace and we move on? Well, of course, I'm not here to threaten you or hurt you in any way. I'm your, I'm, I'm your friend. Fantastic. I'm ready when you are, madam. She, <clears throat> she looks at you, and I think Gareth, because you are not quite as deep a level as Arnold, I think you see the shadows at the edge of this cave grow deeper. There's like a there's like a contrast as like the bonfire in that hearth dims a little bit and the shadows sort of steal forward over these piles of gold. Hell yeah. And she looks at you and she says, Why don't you trust anybody, Gareth? Keep the stupid fucking necklace. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass necklace anyway. I didn't want it. Stupid. Um I think Gareth will freeze. Okay. And say, instead of the necklace, can I ask you a question in return? Of course. Uh. Oh fuck! I really did only say one, didn't I? I think I'm going to ignore myself. Um. Where am I, and why am I a child? Mm, mm. Well, it seems like we're playing a little bit of a different game here. All right, all right, fair enough. I'll answer honestly if you answer honestly. We'll do a one-to-one. Fair? 
Sounds fair to me. I brought you here because this is a pivotal point in your life, Garrett. This is the point where you stop being a child and you start being an adult. You've seen your hair. You've seen that there's the you're going to leave your childhood behind you. You're going to cement who you are as an adult. Parts of you are going to stop changing. And uh, the first part that's going to stop but above table question, I'm physically a child, but do I have my memories of the boys at Troll Skull or am I now mentally 10 as well? I think parts of this are eroding for you, Gareth. So it's a little bit of, it's oh, a little so bit like, of both things. It's, it's like when you wake up from a dream and the dream slowly starts to fade, except it's like the opposite. Yeah, exactly. I think okay. it's like you're you're seeing the edges of the dream and you're realizing that there are parts of this that aren't what they should be, but you're still in the dream. I got you. I'm with you. Okay. So she says, when you leave this place, you're not going to trust anybody. Maybe ever again. And I brought you here to figure out why. I'm trying to help you, Gareth. I think... And she, um, she grins again and the fire gleams off that gold tooth in her grin. I think Gareth just like gets mad and like as like a child would and just kind of goes like... Uh, Hold on, I need to I need to line up the wording so I don't figure fuck it up mid sentence. By the way, I never do this in my life, so give me a second, dude. The number of times I have to do that on the fly in this show and fuck it up so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Gareth gets mad and he just goes because if you leave things up to other people, they knock over lanterns and burn to death. But then he gets confused and goes. Where did that come from? Okay, perfect. We're gonna we're gonna split away from Gareth right there. That's perfect. We're gonna go to Mel. Hi, Diana. Sorry, I've left you on red here for a little bit. Uh, you see Gareth. Actually, what do you see? You see Floon's sort of like pale faced, sweaty expression evolve Pokemon style from pale face and sweaty to almost full blown panic as he's looking up at you and he goes, Oh bro. Are I you, think they're dead. Are you, <laughs> you, you sure you don't want one? Just like a little one. And behind him, you see Arnold fully fucking collapse. Like you see him, like he's been keel hauled, just like fold backwards, like a lawn chair and the back of his head <laughs> slam against the floor. And then you uh, look he's like really stiff too. <laughs> yeah. Bong, 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 kind of Looney Tune style. And then you see Gareth just sort of like gingerly, like slump sideways in his chair, still holding that earthenware crock that he drank from. Um, I think, yeah. Seeing them like that. Um, that must Mel be some would, good shit. Mel would, right? Like, what kind of therapy is going on in there? Who's, who's doing a session? Is it Pedro Pascal? I'm just asking. Is it Pedro Pascal? <laughs> Let me get in there. Yeah. yeah. Mel dives for the cup mouth first. It's like Gareth with the jong. Um, I think that she would um throw a book at Floon's head and, you know, just one of the big old encyclopedias and say, mm -hmm. what was in that? Okay. Give me a uh, dex attack, please, bestie. It's this thing called psilocybin. I, I found it out in the woods. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, it's this thing called DMT. What did you say? Dex? Dex. Is that a 20? It I've is. My brain's not raining. So you, it should just be your, dex, your dexterity it. bonus. Yeah, it's like a plus two or plus three or something like that. 
Yeah, it's definitely not a plus five, except Fuck it is. off, Jesus God. Why would I lie? You made it. I did. I did. Well, thank God for that plus five, because this would have sucked ass otherwise. That is with the plus five. That will be a. Uh, I can math seven, seventeen, seventeen, seventeen. Okay, seventeen. Um, otherwise, twelve. All right, math. you see this. You see this encyclopedia. Flume just manages to get the black tray that he was carrying in front of his head. So the encyclopedia is like a, it's like a glancing blow across his forehead. It doesn't like take him out, but it but it, he goes like oh. Um, <laughs> And then he's he starts stammering. He's like, "Oh, God, it was, it was just an accident, bro. Like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't like. It was just like an experiment. I mean, not like an experiment. That that sounds really bad, but like, it was just like a, uh, just, you know, no, kinda... I don't know, I don't know." She was holding up another book. <laughs> he's, he's like, "Why, he's don't, like, why don't you like... tell me what your experiment was? Because that first one was." A warning throw, and I imagine Josh Pat's growling at him again. Oh yeah, too, so. Josh Pat's and he, like, and like he knows that Mel doesn't like him, so really the book is her being nicer. Um, uh, I think I think Floon is cowering behind this black serving tray, sort of like the world's cowardliest Trojan. Um, and he says, "It was just like I think, th- uh, there." I, I, you guys have just been like so stressed like out in the world like I was talking with bro Arnold and he was telling me about like you guys were in like the city of the dead and and that was super stressful and then you guys like encountered a ghost and like it just seemed like you guys were having like a really bad time and I just wanted to like chill you out a little bit man can I tell if he's lying give me an insight check please bestie that is a oh, god rolling like shit I gotta drink more it's only 13 13 it's hard to tell what his intent is because he's so scared of you. Like his fear is really the thing. Like his voice is shaking, but it's hard to discern. Like, is he lying or is he just scared of you? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I feel like Mel has that problem a lot. <laughs> she's not mad at it though. Like there are worse problems to have. Um, she's gonna say, um, "I'm sorry. Did you just drug my friends?" And without anybody's consent, which is not cool. We don't condone that here. Um, I'm almost certain Gareth would have said yes if you told him what was in it. (laughs) I would have said yes if I'd known Pedro was going to be there. But here we are. So (laughs) um, what was in it? Um, Give me a persuasion check, please, Mel. I want to see if I want to see if Floon is gonna is gonna obey your line of thinking or go with what he's got in his head. Oh, I think he's obeying. If fuck. Oh yeah, he that is a nineteen. Okay, that's quite good. Yes. Um, Finally, Jesus. he reaches he reaches into a back pocket and slides onto this black serving tray. Something that is unfamiliar to you, Mel, but is very familiar to you, Diana, because we built it in the opening scene. It is a single brick of white powder with a smattering of purple dust across the top. I'm glad you specified because it's from the opening scene. I thought you were going to be like, it's very familiar to you, Diana. It's DMT. <laughs> <laughs> it's ketamine. <laughs> Wait, holy shit, dude. Bloon's plug is Jesse Pinkman. Hey, man. Hey, and he's been... Co- he- been holding out on us. Loon's deep, man. You guys underuse a resource. 
So Mel doesn't recognize. Correct. I think Mel just sees, um, I mean, they're obviously drugs, but Mel wouldn't know, you know. Um, I think that she would, since he, and you said he did it on, he put it on the tray. Yeah, just to show her. And I think he says like, well, it's, it's called, it's called horse resources, bro. And it's this new one that just came on the market. Super rare. My guy said that there's only like one and I, I got it. So like great deal for me points for Floon. Uh, and so like, I just wanted to like help you guys relax a little bit. How long are they going to be like that? Bro, Gareth should come out of it. I mean, should. I haven't done it personally. Should come out of it in like 10 minutes. I'm going to be so real. I'm going to be so real. I'm not going to throw another book at you if you do the remainder of it. Right now. Do it. Before that. Shot, 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 shot. He's going to say, I'm I'm not sure when bro Arnold's going to come out of it because I'm going to be so real. That guy had a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You take what's left. And I won't, I don't know, sick Josh pad on you. All right, bet. And he takes a double fucking fingerful of it. Bestie, how do people take fantasy drugs in this world? Tell me. Oh, I thought it was up the nose, like... Year, yes. Yeah, yeah. He sinks his head sideways and, like, tamps it down into his ear. Like a percussionist slamming a drum. He rolls up a dollar bill, but he uses it to like push it farther in. <laughs> I think Mel and... would be a little surprised that he actually did. Like she was getting ready to like throw the throw another book at. Her. She's a little surprised, and now she's thinking maybe she should come down since everyone's about to be tripping. And she's kind of apparently because Gareth is supposed to come out of it soon. She's. if you gave me a million years i would have never predicted that mel would be the trip sitter (laughs) well she didn't know pedro pascal was going to be down there too that is true um okay i think bestie you you slide down just in time to see like the veil slide over floon's eyes and he looks at you and he goes deuces bro and just like falls backwards just like arnold did (laughs) And he like breaks a chair on his way down. Like he shatters a chair and a rib. He doesn't give a fuck about him though. Yeah, no, for sure. He's gonna check on Arnold first because he's obviously okay. Uh, it would have been so funny. Mel was just like, "Oh my god, the chair." I mean, that's kind of how she feels about it. But she's gonna be like twenty bucks. She's she's kind of thinking that like his intent can't have been like too too nefarious if he just did it himself. Self. Like that's true. Obviously, he trusts that whatever is in that is mm. like it's not poisoned. It, according like, to, like you know, it's not I mean? laced with fantasy fentanyl or anything right, right, like right, right, that. Right. Um, anyway. So she would check on Arnold to make okay. sure that he's like still breathing and doesn't need fantasy Narcan. Um, we're gonna cut away from you. We're gonna cut back to Arnold after a peek. All right, let's do it. So great to me. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Critically Stupid. It is the halfway point. You made it. Woo! Stoked for you. Um, we have some announcements to get through very briefly, you and I. So please keep your arms, legs, feet, ankles, calves, and other extremities inside the sawn-off whiskey barrel that you're floating down this river in. Otherwise, it will topple over, and I'm terrified that you will drown. 
We are, for legal reasons, playing Waterdeep Dragon Heist, an official Dungeons & Dragons licensed module written by Chris Perkins, Scott Fitzgerald Gray, Kim Mohan, and Michelle Carter. If you or any of your squalid soldiers or your best childhood buds or your uh, recently incarcerated fellow inmates would like to get into D&D, I highly recommend that you get in touch with your warden and you go to dnd.wizards.com. Check out all of the cool merch they've got there for you. They've got uh, sets of campaigns that can take you from level 0 to 20. They've got... Uh, character sheets that you can edit and fill out online and they've got shivs that they'll send you baked into a fantasy d20 cake don't tell the warden i said that that's just between you and me dnd.wizards.com check out all the cool stuff they've got there if you would like to end up as a character on our show you can tweet us or get in touch with us on tiktok or instagram at crit stupid across all of our platforms i don't think i had any guest characters in the previous couple episodes but i definitely got some coming up so uh tweet at us or tag us in a post on tiktok let us know what you thought of the most recent episode let us know if you think there's something we could be doing better let us know if you'd like a very specific brand of joke and we'll try to accommodate you with that we probably won't do it but we'll try okay now this is very exciting youtube recently lowered their um limits for the partnership program which is how shows get monetized on uh which is how shows get monetized on youtube Instead of 1,000 subscribers, we need 500. And guys, as of recording this, we're at like 450. Like, we're really close. So if you haven't yet, I would deeply, deeply love it if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel, if you could like this video, if you could send this video to a friend you think might like D&D or our particular brand of cow-riddled piss comedy. Um, we would... I mean, we would genuinely love you for it. Anything that you can do to help us get pushed up in the algorithms. If you listen to us audio only, if you could leave us a rating or a review on Spotify or Good Pods or Apple Podcasts, uh, anything to get us pushed up in that algorithm so that we can get in front of new listeners who hopefully like us like you. Fingers crossed. That's all I got. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for rating and reviewing and subscribing and just generally growing with us. I think the show is going some really exciting places and I can't wait to do it with you. All right, that's all I got. I love you and you take it squeezy. I know that many of you are suffering from um, the egregious plague of social medias that is spreading all over the world. I know that Twitter is now X.com. Um, I know that TikTok is secretly uh, Musical. being used as a Chinese spy vehicle for the government. And I know that um, Instagram makes you feel ugly and poor. So instead of all of those social media uh, platforms, I have a solution for you, and that is your imagination. Step inside with me as we uh, go on a journey to... A fantasy land fueled by Libris Arcana dice. Uh, Gary, can you tell me about the Libris Arcana fantasy world, please? Come with me and you'll see a world of really fucking cool dice. We're not going to get sued for that, are we? <laughs> no, 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 that's okay, fine. Cool. Public domain, probably. Um, Diana, what's the what's the like the best set of dice that you can think of to, to put into this fantasy Libris Arcana world that we're doing here? Um, well, I personally, I'm a fan of more of the metal dice because I kind of like, you know, the the thunk sound. Yeah. So, so just like a really strong, yeah, like like that one. That would be perfect if we could just like build me like a throne out of that metal dice in this fantasy world. That that would slap, and I would never leave because that dice is amazing. It's like the Iron Throne, but with yes, dice that's exactly of what I was thinking. Actually, that's yeah, badass as hell. Uh, Anthony, can you tell us how exactly our listeners can build their own Iron Throne? 
throne die and throne that was incredible alex also i hate you um <laughs> just how dare you uh you 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 can build it very easily uh with libra's arcana if you just throw them at the floor they will uh magically stick together into the throne shape if you get enough of them and you can get plenty of them if you just go to the website um and use our special offer code of stupid 20 you can get that off of a monthly subscription or just any dice that you're interested in and they do you have to check you might have to look at every single dice maybe buy every die on the entire site but eventually you'll find the magical throne dice it's it's like a willy wonka you know the search for the golden die 100 everybody should go to librasarcana.com use our exclusive discount code stupid 20 for 20 percent off your order site-wide that is anything you find on that site 20 percent off with our exclusive discount code stupid 20 Libras arcana dice for life We all feel better. I'm not quite sure what Diana got into in the mid-roll because I haven't heard it yet, but judging from that expression on her face, I'm going to figure it out in post. So we're going to cut to Arnold, who is all the way at the bottom of the pits of Tartarus that we're building together. Right. I don't know you, sir. Uh, how do you... I mean, I, I would love to be your best friend, but at, at this point, I, we, we just met. How do you know these things about me? Oh, my 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 dear friend, you, you, you don't... You don't recognize me? No, no, I'm, I'm, should I recognize you? I'm superstar Pedro Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the Mandalorian. <laughs> he says, and no, cause you're, you're so far down. It's tricky because I have to, I have to illuminate Gareth to certain things, but you're so far down, Arnold. You're I don't so think you would fucked notice. up, dude. I'm you're so <laughs> fucked up. I don't think you'd notice. So I think all he says is I'm blank and I need a name from your village growing up of somebody that you would trust. Um, Tezeroth Dandycloth. Let's you have to say it now. It's that just, was off the cuff, too. That's crazy. How that works. So the teddy bear from the beginning is Gregory, and the, now the, we have fucking Tesseroth Dandy Claw. The way, the way he looked off camera when he was coming up with it made it look like he had it written down somewhere. <laughs> just like, list of names if needed. Tesseroth <laughs> Dandy Claw. I should do that. Right, That's a right, genius right. idea. He says, Pedro Pascal, superstar Pedro Pascal, says... I'm Tesseroth Dandycloth. And between blinks, Arnold, Pe Pedro Pascal vanishes. And no! you, are at, you are looking at the white bearded, lined face, clear blue eyes of Tesseroth Dandycloth, the elder from your village. And he's wearing his, his city councilor robes and his, you know, his his hands are stained with chalk from teaching at the local at the local school, and he smiles at you and he says, "My my dear boy, you you don't recognize me." So, um, upon seeing him like that, Arnold would just break down and say, "I'm so sorry," and just like hug him is what he would do. He hugs you back, and he smells yeah. like eucalyptus and and the smell of his classroom, which is a little bit like mothballs and old wood. And he says, my dear boy, don't, don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. But I, I am so curious, dear Arnold Stevenson, why are you so scared all the time? You smell like the world's a scary man. place, Pedro. 
Um, hey, so hey, Diana, keep yourself insert out of my out of my dream sequence. Who are you talking to, Tetheroth? <laughs> <laughs> Tetheroth. Oh, just like old Tezeroth, always talking to people who aren't there. Fucking Tezeroth. Fucking Tezeroth. Walking down the street, talking to his goblins. <laughs> Don't we all do that? Um, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. So, so Arnold would, Arnold would say, I, I'd like to imagine like Tezeroth wasn't there when this happened. It was kind of like a Simba moment for him. But I think that, uh, you know, like I think that because what something happened with Arnold, where so he's just like, you don't understand. I was playing, and it was my first time in front of everyone, and the, 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 something happened, and when I opened my eyes, they were gone. Everyone was gone. Everyone was, like, was gone. Everyone was gone. I don't want it to happen again. I'm scared it's going to happen again. Well, my dear Arnold, these the world is a scary place, and things Old do. Yeah. Things happen. I'm I'm quite sure that when you go back to your playground and you look, all of your friends will be there. There's nothing to worry about. I, Terry Cloth Tesseroth, or whatever the fuck you called me, so close, will be here. To he takes out his sword. You. you. <laughs> <laughs> Tetheroth may have been a madman, but I'll be damned if he didn't know his own name. And then he looks at you, Arnold, and I would like you to roll me a insight check, please. Got it. I really want to go to a con that Pedro's had and be like, Actually, don't ask questions if you can just say Tesseroth Dandy Glock. <laughs> Actually, Arnold, roll it with disadvantage because you're so comically high. Okay, you got it. So just roll twice, take a lesser one. Correct. So does the like copious amounts of like malt liquor that uh, Flume put in these drinks interact with the like methamphetamine or what's up? <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what same... Flume put in these bevies. Um, I got 17. Okay. Um, 17. Okay. Tess, tesser, tesser cloth, dandy cloth. Tesseroth. Tesseroth, tesseroth like dandy cloth. Tesseroth Dandycloth leans over you. And I think he's still got the semblance of this embrace that you that you hug him. And I think you're, you know, maybe there's a part of you that's crying because you're scared and all of this is like happening to you. And you hear his voice in your ear. And there's a moment, Arnold, where it reverberates through your head and you feel it echo along your bones. Like you feel his voice echo through the bones in your hands and fingers and all the Normal. way down through your joints and through your knees and into your ankles That's and all the way down your feet. That happens every time I hear someone talk. And he says, now it's time to go home, dear boy. Will you show me your home? Now, in this moment, Arnold, in this mm -hmm. moment, I'm going to bind you to a yes or no. Because I know that Arnold, as an adult, and I suspect as a 10-year-old, yep. has a tendency to talk his way out of things. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna... to bind you to a yes or no right now. Okay, I'm going to say... Like Arnold talks his way into things a lot, too. That's very true, yeah. And he uh... does. It's also like a grown-ass man asking a 10-year-old to show you to your home is not a good look. I like to... Okay, so... If it wasn't off... Pedro, I'd be more upset. Sure. <laughs> I get it. So I, I imagine like uh, Arnold has a relationship with Tesseroth. He knows him very well. He trusts him. He, he hugged him immediately. He feels comforted by him. So he's just going to say, yes, I, I will. I'd love to show you my home. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, we're gonna cut away. We're gonna rise up a level and go Arnold to Gareth. Somehow gets higher. <laughs> I live uh, on a weed farm. <laughs> this older lady looks at you, and really quick, like almost as an instinctive action, she reaches up and and grabs her eye patch again. But this time, Gareth. Because you can see the edges of this, because there's a part of your brain that's seeing what is real and what isn't, you notice that it's not to adjust her eye patch, but to press it down. Mm. Like she's holding something behind it. No, she, I... Sorry, go ahead. And she says, Now, dear boy, I have told you this before, and I'll tell you again. I think Gareth cuts her off, actually. Okay, go ahead. We haven't met before. No, that's that's not true. We've you you know me. You 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 know me. It's 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 me, Gareth. It's and there's a there's a buzzing there's a buzzing of static that comes from her mouth, Gareth. Roll a Constitution saving throw for me. No, I'm sorry. Roll a Wisdom saving throw for me. Okay, that's not as bad as it could be, I guess. And I got a 18 plus 1 is 19. Gareth is more sober than normal. She doesn't say anything. You just hear the static. And she looks at you like she said something. But because of your good role, you have the you have the momentum to say something back now. So I think I think that like what as soon as Gareth hears the static, that kind of like wakes him up even more because like everything has been presented as if it was real or normal. Correct. Um, and so he, he would he would look at this woman and and just kind of oh fuck what would he do? Um, I'm so sorry that you're gonna have to cut this dead space out because I'm stalling for time. It's fine. It's worth it. I'm really a big fan of like everything that everybody's doing. All right, lady, you need to cut the shit, all right? I don't know you. I've never met you. You're here trying to talk to me like a quack. What is going on? And I'm keeping all this gold I took. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't okay. wake up next to back And that necklace. <laughs> uh, weirdly enough, Gareth, I think this is going to be resolved by a basic bones perception check, please. Fuck yeah. That is one of my better modifiers uh ugh, not with that roll though nine plus three is 12. okay you turn and the 10 year old form of your real life best friend arnold stevelson is nothing but a series you know what it is it's one of these golden figurines that lines this room it's not a real person it's something that's been made to look like a, like a real person. It's a statue that you thought was real when you came in and you thought was walking next to you, but is now it's just a statue of, of like gold and gems and all the things that adult Gareth wants in life. I think Gareth's hand would automatically go to the hilt of his teleporty dagger just out of like n nerves. Yeah, and you, your hand darts to the empty place at your belt where you conceptually know is your immediate escape. And your hand just grasps that empty belt and cloth. And this woman laughs at you and the cave echoes with her laughter. And she stands and suddenly she's taller than she has any right to be. She's 10 feet tall. 
and she reaches up and pulls the eye patch off her eye. And we're going to go up a level to Mel. You've got Floon, freshly down. You've got Gareth, slumped over in his chair. And you've got Arnold, who looks like he is entering rigor mortis. <laughs> Where do you go first? Well, I think that Mel does have a certain amount of, like, basic sort of emergency medicine almost just from, I mean, she... Like ranges, first aid. She's out yeah, and, she yeah, as yeah, a yeah, ranger, yeah. you need to be self-sufficient. You need to be able to treat basic right, right, right. care. And I think that even though she is, like, real tough outer she's i mean obviously she cares for her friends a lot and that's why it hurts every time somebody leaves so she's very vested in keeping them alive and well and through this bad trip so like and she's got josh pet with her too and he like keeps running off to bring her like more towels and stuff and she's wetting them and putting cool gloss on their head and it's like the one time she's like talking soothing like okay we're gonna get through it and she's like making sure that they're breathing and they don't mm. need the fantasy narcan L- lying them on their side so they don't choke on their body right 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 exactly exactly floon she's like doing it straight on his back last <laughs> on the list and got it okay like, like she puts him on his side but she kicks him onto his side like puts a pillow over his mouth real nice about but him she like uses her boot and she's like saying shit like this is your fault this is your fault i'm not gonna forget this you're gonna be so lucky if i don't fire your ass we okay. were you can we have like a post credit sequence at some point where you explain everything that Flynn experiences I was just thinking, can you just do like a solid like a one shot for our yeah. currently non-existent Patreon, which is Floon's trip? Dude, the um, imagine the way I imagine Floon's trip is instead of like a therapeutic version of someone he knows, it's just like him and it's just like, yeah, you're all good, dude. Nothing wrong here. Cool, man. Thanks. <laughs> it's like the ch- it's like the chicken from Surf's Up talking to yeah, the exactly chicken like from Chicken Surf's Joe. Okay. Bestie, um, Josh Pat runs downstairs and I mean, like at a single words command, your your wolf pup is well trained at this point. He gets you fresh linens. He Nana style from uh, Peter Pan. He puts water on to boil somehow and like brings you <laughs> hot water and also cold water for like hot, cold compresses. Um, and he's like at your beck and call. And he's like attentive and he's a really good aide. Give me a medicine check, please, Bestie. That's actually, I, I think, the first time this campaign we've rolled one of those. I don't know. If I roll like shit, then I don't deserve to be a nurse. Yeah, you have to quit your job in real life, <laughs> depending on this <laughs> D20 roll right here. Oh, God. Oh, 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 that was a nat 20. Let's go! No way! I get to keep my job. Yeah, you don't have to quit. You get to pay your bills. <laughs> Suck it, poverty. <laughs> Okay. That's a really good episode. Name. Like- suck it poverty. <laughs> suck it poverty is quite good. I really hope the community goes for suck it poverty. Okay. Um, okay, Diana. Gareth is fine. Gareth is essentially like one level under asleep. He's just like super asleep. Super asleep. Um, I mean, been there. Floon is okay. Floon is twitching a little bit and muttering, and his um eyes beneath his closed eyelid eyelids are fluttering, like he's looking at things that aren't there. Arnold is nearly catatonic. Arnold barely has a pulse. Damn it, Arnold. Has been dead for seven minutes. Right. And actually, I think as you turn Arnold to his side so he doesn't gag on his own vomit, his shirt slips, and you see a series of broken blood vessels along his shoulder blades and lower lats. 
right about if you if you could imagine an a supersized adult hugging adult Arnold where their hands would touch Arnold's sides is nothing but a series of broken blood vessels and bruises. Normal. Totally normal. It's a real bear hug, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a moment, Bestie. I think it's. I think you're going quickly between Gareth Arnold Floon, Gareth Arnold Floon. Obviously, spending more time with Gareth and Arnold, and then like as you have to, you go to Floon. Like when you've got nothing else to do. Just a glance. Yeah, he's not there. Where Floon's Just hand. Just put a mirror under his nose to make sure there's <laughs> breath, and that's well, that's it now. Floon's hand reaches out and grabs your forearm. And you're gonna you're gonna join us you're gonna join us in the upside down really quick, just for a moment, just because I want to give you the opportunity that I'm about to give these guys. So, oh, if Pedro's not there, I'm gonna be pissed. Arnold, you say you agree to show this figure your home. Yes. And I think as as dreams go, there's like a there's like a blurring where the cottage falls behind you, and you're walking through the forest and. You you are standing at the edge of a deep forest, looking out into a a plain leading up into a mountain range, and you see your village. You recognize it. You know it in your bones. That's where you call home. That's Got where it. you feel the safest. Okay. And you look beside you. There's on one side is Tesseroth Dandycloth. Tesseroth. I feel like I fucked it up again. No, you got no, it. You got That's it. Like, Tesseroth. It. Tesseroth Dandycloth uh, with his chalk-stained fingers and his white beard and his robes. And then you look to your other side and your best friend, Gareth, you know that's your best friend. How could you forget? It's your best friend, Gareth. Of course. Is a is a living puppet. Is a series of broken, broken <laughs> sticks and bits of cloth that have been bound to conceal the joints between these broken sticks. And there's a garish, like two eyes and a smile scratched across a slab of wood where his face is. And as you're looking at it, that head pans to you and you see that painted grin widen. That is a nightmare image. Nope. Yeah. We're, gonna nope. Rise, nope. we're gonna rise one level nope. above that. right the fuck out of that. Nope. Gareth. Gareth. You're Boiling. a puppet. You're a, you're a puppet. <laughs> There's a grown man's hand directly up. <laughs> <laughs> um, boiling out of this figure's empty eye socket is a flood of seawater that stinks of old algae and brine and dead fish and as you stand there like I think you're like cupping the waistline of these of this shirt that you've tucked in your pants so the gold doesn't fall out you, you start to feel seawater rise into your shoes and soak your socks and slowly rise oh, up you're your about legs. to go for a swim with gold uh, so can I... I swear to fucking God. Hey, 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 Diana, respectfully, <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, Gareth. I, so, uh, I was gonna do something, but I'm so scared it's gonna start that whole fucking thing again. Go ahead, do it, do it. We have to yes and. So Gareth knows that all of that gold in his pockets will weigh him down underwater, so he's going to take it out and throw it at the lady. Gareth right. is a 
fool. He could have kept it all. He couldn't have is the thing, Diana. I have an idea. You know Let's move know? on before I slit my own wrist. All right, fair enough. That's my thing. God you, damn it. I think you take fistfuls of the skull. I think Gareth would be reluctant to throw the whole thing at once. Yeah, I think you would sure. go fistful by fistful as like a defense mechanism. And you throw this series of gold, and I think you throw a fistful of gold, Gareth, and it almost obscures this figure in a shining curtain of twinkling gold, which is one of your favorite things to see as a 10-year-old and as an adult. You've I mean, always yeah. been captivated by shiny coin. And there's a shimmering wall of gold coins Golden and boobies. suddenly, a whole wall, a shimmering wall of boobies, a, a huge wall of golden boobies, a tidal wave of titties. <laughs> and then instead of an older lady with a gold tinted grin, you're looking at Flume. And there's seawater pouring out of his mouth and his eyes and his ears and his nostrils. And he opens his mouth like he's going to say something to you, but it's just an explosion of more seawater. We're going to go one level up. Mel, welcome to the Upside Down. I'm so glad to have you with us. You are in a forest. And there is a hunter in a campsite after a hut. Tell me about the campsite. What's it look like? In a, a hunter in a campsite outside of a... After a hunt, like they've just finished oh, a successful a hunt. hunt. Okay, I heard your own. Um, just the one hunter? Just the one. Um, pretty basic, a uh, little campsite then, maybe just like a pretty um, basic like canvas type. Mm -hmm tent sort of set up maybe like tied to a tree to make it you know what i mean yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and i noticed in a small fire and um like like a little pot mm -hmm. over the fire because a mailbox that says pascal <laughs> <laughs> then there's a little mug which also, also says pascal says on number it. one daddy on it you know what you know what bessie because you've been so great there's an older man sitting at this fire, surrounded. You know what? He's surrounded by three old gray muzzled dogs that all lift their heads to like sniff at the air as you walk into this tent site. And God damn it, if it's not Pedro Pascal who looks at you. And Mel's like, I should have drank that thing. I think because you're so you're so shallow. Diana, I think because this is such a temporary Rude, effect. But okay. Uh, you... Yeah, for a second, I was like, damn. What yeah. No, like what? Because I spend day have a crush on Because all you care about is physical things. <laughs> Be you are already seeing the edges of this campsite flicker. You're already seeing the the seam of this hallucination, dream, illusion, whatever it is. You're already seeing it start to like change. I think Pedro Pascal stands and looks at you and then suddenly between one blink and another there's a sword in his hand and he points it at you and shouts where is your home and just like i did with arnold bessie i'm gonna bind you into a yes or no answer you have to tell this figure where your home is or you have to refuse oh, i think it's so funny she how if she's on the on the end of the trip and 
She happens to know DMT only lasts like 15, 20 minutes if you're lucky. So she's <laughs> like, I'm just going to ride this shit out. And like, yeah, no, she's not telling him shit. Okay, for sure. Time, but it's Pedro. So she's not not into like the sword thing going on. Uh, what do you, like what how... do you say? Oh, sorry, Gareth. Go ahead. I interrupted you. For, for, for me and Arnold, it was like slow kind of building up this subterfuge and like come on you can trust me but now it's just like where's your home tell me <laughs> well there's not a lot of time i mean, not I, a lot. I mean drink anything and i i imagine it's only a little bit of time before josh pat comes back with his fresh set of linen and seeds floon has grabbed me and then he's gonna bite floon and you know there's not much time so i so, i understand the immediate threat but i ain't telling him shit so what do you say bestie Okay, so he's got the sword, and he says, mm -hmm. where is your home? In your bed. Uh, I think instinctively she would go to grab, like, her... Arrow. Yeah, thank Bone you. Bone arrow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Words are hard. Do I have it, though? Because I know that... So you when... reach behind you reach behind your shoulder where you know you keep your quiver, and your hand ducks to your side where you know you keep your bow, but just like Gareth with his empty belt you grab it nothing but your clothes and actually diana you look down you're not wearing your robe and ranger oh. gear you're wearing a simple like Scrubs. shirt and shirt and pants like you're just dressed in regular clothes you haven't worn regular clothes since you were 13 when you first went on your on your dad's rangings at his insistence i thought you're gonna say i wasn't wearing anything and it was one of those naked dreams and i was gonna be like hey pedro's here i'm not not into that either nope nope, yeah, nope, like... nope. i have less than zero interest in being the pedro pascal to your fantasy dreams i'm gonna be so real diana like respect well when you, you put person. it like that um, see now you broke the fantasy now yeah. it's you oh, which i, I have That's no only... interest in. so uh diana you just grab um, an empty air okay. so nothing's there all right so she would um probably take like a step back and and um what would she say um i don't even know if she would if she would entertain that question with an answer truthfully her oh like she knows a something refuse, is up. a refusal of like threat alone yeah all right i'll buy that you don't necessarily need to answer in words. A gesture is enough. So you you immediately go to shoot this figure, but obviously your hands scrabble at empty cloth and empty air because there is no bow and there is no quiver. And I think Pedro Pascal, fantasy Pedro Pascal, rushes you, like starts sprinting across the campsite and he kicks the logs of this campfire away as he's he can't even be bothered to take two steps around it he kicks the fire away and there's a spray of embers and fire and charred logs and his hunting dogs are at his side in a sharp whistle and they're scrabbling after you barking and screaming and he's got his sword and he's shouting where is your home and i think you turn to run and immediately behind you maybe some feet away you see floon staring at you that motherfucker now this part's gonna be i'm gonna need a little bit of patience from you guys and and the audience to fucking twist this one um arnold there's a shout behind you as you stand on the edge of this wood and you feel a hand on your shoulder pull you away from the grasp of tesseroth dandy dandy cloth nailed it, nailed it. and like yank you backwards gareth 
there is a hand there's there's a shout in this cave and then the hand grabs your shoulder and hoists you above the seawater boiling at your legs and and feet and mel a figure hits floon in the side of the head with a with a stick with a club because you're you're running at it you've got so little time on your lair arnold gareth and mel you turn to see your adult selves coming to rescue you out of your level of your dream, your trip, your high, your whatever. Arnold, because you're the deepest, yourself is shrouded in in shadow and his his face is indistinct, but when he when he shouts at this Tesseroth dandy cloth, it's like you're torturing me, my man. Like I've got so much going on right now. It's fine, it's fine, it doesn't matter. <laughs> When all right, let's Arnold... go back. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with a different name. Let's no, go no, back no, 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 no. do it all when, over again. When Arnold Stevelson, the adult, shouts at Tesseroth Dandycloth, you, his voice is unmistakable. You know it's you coming to save yourself. Gareth, you have a clearer vision of it, um, but even your adult Gareth, like the sunglasses shroud half of his face, his white hair is unbound and in like wet strands from the seawater like around his face, and... Mel, a layer up. You've got the clearest vision. You turn and, and clock yourself exactly as you remember yourself. You've got your bow and arrow. You're holding a stick that you just use as a cudgel to beat Floon in the side of the head with because that's how you feel stuck in this dream as temporarily as you are. It's like this motherfucker grabbed my wrist. Like you remember what happened. My question for each of you in turn is as this dream, hallucination, illusion, whatever it is, as it falls away and you rise up to safety, and you feel the vestiges of the hallucination fall away, what is the one thing that your adult self can say to your child self or vice versa to leave a lasting impression? Okay, so Arnold, um, back in like between his child self and adult self, I think the child self would be the one kind of saying it to the adult self and it would just, mm -hmm. you know, kind of echo and like reverberate outward. Um, but he would kind of be like, um, the village was our comfort, but it's no longer our home. Ooh, okay. Nice. All right. So like safe like safety of home, but but as a temporary structure? Yeah, like it's no longer that that's no longer where he would consider home. It's it was the thing that he was missing, but it's no longer the thing that he identifies as or, you know, as his home. See, like as the DM, I'm so fucking curious as to what adult Arnold's home is, but let's save it. Let's save it for a future episode. Gareth, one level. So up. I, I think throughout this whole uh, uh, hallucination, I was seeing it through young Gareth's eyes. Mm -hmm. But as soon as the hand touches my shoulder, I think the perspective switches, and I'm back to adult Gareth. And I, I just put my hand on young Gareth's shoulder. Okay. And I, as adult Gareth, say, "You do not need to suffer through other people's mistakes." Really good. Really good. Okay. Diana, as Mel. Um, it's going to be, I think, adult to child. Um, and she's going to say that um, family is more than just blood. And love is more than just your blood family. I love that. That's Hell great. Yeah. 
And then for a little bit of a lighter note, I would like each of you as an adult to describe child you. Because as Gareth said, the perspective shifts when adult you enters the scene. So Arnold, I want you to tell me what 10-year-old Arnold looks like. Gareth and Mel, same thing. I want you to describe 10-year-old you. What do you look like at 10? What does young Arnold look like? Okay. Um, so young Arnold has a tie. <laughs> yes, I knew it. <laughs> What's the easiest thing I could do that also works the best? Um, but no, I, I I do I really like that idea actually. I like that Arnold um was very studious and wanted to know all about like his abilities and magic and mostly music and you know wanted to learn everything he could about sounds and all of that. Uh, but yeah, I, I like to think that. He was a messy person as a child, like just like a, a, a pig pen sort of person, but always like tried his best to look the part, you know, to, to look as if he was had his stuff together, but he clearly did not. So uh, young Gareth, as I previously mentioned, his hair is black because yep. he's 10. He hasn't hit 15 yet. Um, also, his hair isn't long enough to be tied up yet. So it's just kind of. Yeah. yeah, it's a uh, What? <laughs> It's awkward because it's not tall. It's just like yeah. down oh, below yeah, yeah, your yeah. ears. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like shaggy-ish. Um, he also, uh, he he does wear the wizard robe because it's, you know, customary. But he, like, rolls up the sleeves and, and like, uh, he, he tucks in the, like, waist to his, like, pants. So he can. <laughs> All right. Uh, but he still has the exact same sunglasses. Nice. Okay. Classic. Classic. And Diana as Mel, what does 10-year-old Mel look like? Um, So, as you pointed out, uh, you know, not in the ranger clothes, just wearing, like, kind of a basic shirt and pants, but, like, still comfortable. Um, Hair is still in, like, the same sort of braid, and she's got, like, a child-size, like, bow mm. that she keeps on her because she just is training on it and it's, it's like one of the ones with the like plunger arrows yes oh my god i was just about to say it's one of the lost boys <laughs> nice. bow and arrow like with the <laughs> yeah. little suction cup yeah 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 like that hell yeah okay great so you each have this moment where where you you pass something from adult to child or child to adult as you feel yourselves like rising out of this hallucination dream illusion and you surge back into your own bodies. Gareth, you sit up from your chair and sort of like take a breath. Arnold, yours is yours is rough, man. I feel like you, it's like when you oh, nap so too hard on an afternoon and you just like wake up and you like. Oh yeah. Where am I? You think it's, and yeah. You think it's Diana, the next day, but it's not the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Diana, like, I think you just like. You're like sweaty. You were, you were wearing jeans when you fell asleep. So you're like, ugh. Oh, you're so, oh, it's like sticking to your legs. <laughs> And Diana, I think you just open your eyes and breathe normally because you were you were down there for maybe a Did you minute. Like jerk your arm away. I like from to think Floon. that Josh. Pa I like to think Josh Pat is biting Bloom. You know what? Yeah, let's roll for let's let's roll for an attack for Josh Pat. Josh Pat rolled a nineteen. Um, <laughs> so Josh yeah, Josh Pat, Josh Pat has his arm around Floon's wrist. J Josh, Josh Pat, Pat has, has his, his mouth around okay. Flume's. <laughs> jo I was like, wait, I think I'm still in the trip. What? He's strangling him with puppy paws. Oh God. <laughs> Josh Pat is biting Flume. <laughs> yeah. And there is blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's hit but a major artery. 
as you all like come up, I think you you all are gonna have your individual reactions, but Floon's eyes open and he smiles and he looks at you, Mel, and he says, Whoa. That was crazy, bro! Smile bigger, you're bleeding everywhere. Ow! My favorite I part also... of that moment was Gary knowing that this was going to get cut, so he hits. We're going to hit off his face. I think he does it on purpose. Actually, I think he. I think he breaks the table to ask a question he knows I'll cut, so he can fit his vape. That's right. Look at his face. Look at his face. You know it's fucking true. That's smart. It works. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>